Hey, guys. Hey, bud. Now you look. Uh... <laughs> How's it going? Everybody doing well? Yeah, sure. <laughs> sure, man. Welcome to uh, uh, another edition of the Bluminati podcast. I am regretfully your host, Nathan Bond, joined for some stupid ass reason every single week. Seth Varnador, Robert Stieg. Uh, I got, I got, uh, I took a COVID test um, like two hours ago and I tested positive for COVID. And uh, that's been the highlight of my week so far. So that's been pretty neat. Um, so what's up with you, you guys? Need a, you need to stop having bad things happen to you because Seriously. USF finds a way to make it work. <laughs> Get, string along some good things for once, oh, man. Come on. God. Well, I, speaking of, I was, I was going to see if I could get this pumpkin on top of my head and get my head inside my shirt, but I couldn't time it fast enough. So uh, that could have been that could have brought some joy to everyone. But oh my god, just an absolute cluster. Uh, I guess we just get into it, and then we'll talk about Tulane. I guess um, USF. Uh, announced in a narrative setting post that Gary Bohannon will be out for the rest of the season after the shoulder injury that he sustained in Saturday's 45 to 31 loss uh, versus Tulane over the weekend. Uh, And then they went on to proceed to let everybody know, Hey, there's been 21 injuries to starters and two deep guys is a real way to uh, set the narrative that, Hey, be prepared for year four of Jeff Scott, even though he's one in 24 in FBS games. Um, 25. 120. Oh my gosh. I can't believe I shorted him a loss. Are you sure? Are we sure? Yeah. Cause he, he I mean, he was one in 24 one coming into the Tulane game. Was he? Oh, and I thought he was one. Here we are. Add one to the, to the, yep. got another loss. Cause he lost again. Yeah, right. 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 <laughs> because yeah, that's, that's, how that that's how that works. Right. 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 So we'll get, could Travis Marsh in two weeks as QB one? Probably there's five games left. Um, if that doesn't go great, you got Byron Brown who can play four games and still retro this season. So um, that's a start. I think let's just start. Where do you guys want to start? I'm just, I'm so far out. It's not like I'm out. I'm so far out. I'm in. <laughs> You just you just want to continue uh, just you know pounding this, your head against the wall. Is this a? Uh, I mean, how? I guess my question is kind of, and it's tough in year three where the first two years have been really bad. But uh, you know, is this a kind of cursed season? I think internally, what we talked about a few weeks ago, and we said internally they probably would think, yeah, this is a cursed season because they thought they were going to be better, um, and they have been better offensively. Uh, they've been pretty good outside of a couple games. Uh, so this injury kind of takes away what really helped their offense go, which is that quarterback run game. I don't think Travis Marsh is uh, anywhere near the runner that Bohannon is. Uh, I think Byron Brown has some athleticism, was kind of a more of a dual threat guy in high school than Marsh was. So we'll see if he comes in. But now you're asking a true freshman to come in and carry that load. So that would be tough. But is this kind of – if this was year two, is this just a cursed lost season with all the injuries and stuff? Is that a legitimate excuse, or is because I think the first two years are obviously kind of clouding how this is being looked at? Um, you know, if it was only one bad year and this is your second year, then you'd be like, okay, you would. I think you would probably lean towards this is just bad luck. But third year in a row, losses piling up. Can you guys take this as bad luck, or is this cash kind of what it is? And unfortunately, guys are getting injured. Yeah, I and it's a it's a it's a difficult situation, and I I kind of mentioned it in the in the article that I wrote, you know, kind of plainly and bluntly. Like this is, I mean this this isn't like you know we need to do an internal investigation on the strength and conditioning team uh, that works within USF. I mean maybe, but this is just this is egregiously bad luck uh, all around is it also a microcosm of how the tenure of of jeff scott has gone under if we're going to go under the narrative that that covid year was just i mean it was lost 
the the fact that we got a win in that COVID year was the biggest blessing, I guess, that we didn't go winless. Um, but but really, like that COVID year was just egregious errors after egregious errors, and hindsight's always twenty twenty on things, and it, just bad things after bad things. But the problem is now you're sitting at year three, and and these bad things continue to happen. And at some point, and I know we kind of talked about it, and it's Nate's favorite thing to say is you kind of are who you are at this point. And it's unfortunate because really some of this stuff is really outside of Jeff Scott's control. Um, I'm a big empathizer and, you know, all off season when you hear, we need to fix this team, we need to fix this team. And then Jeff Scott goes out there, recruits the hell out of the transfer portal to get in quality depth and get in guys. And then you just so happen to luck into a, top transfer quarterback wanting to come here, you know, at at that point, it's kind of like maybe the stars are aligning a little bit for him. You know, you, you get the offensive line depth, you get the, you get the defensive line depth really back up there, which was so key that we all talked about. And then all of a sudden you're, you're back to playing walk-ons just like that. After seven weeks of football, you are back to that. And, And I think at this point you can empathize with the situation and say, yeah, that fucking sucks. 21 of 44. It might as well be 22 because Stokes is fucking, I think, out for the next couple of weeks as well. So your punter's out that you've been, you know, kind of keying around. So 22 of, of your starters have been out for a significant period of time, whether it is it is a game or, or two games. But that's who you are at this point. And I, I think you have to have a good, honest look at it and say, all right, is it is it? It's not the coach. As much as we like to think that it's Coach Jeff Scott's, you know, just presence that is getting these guys injured. It's not. It's just the unfortunate nature, and he's the guy that's going to get blamed for it. And unfortunately, you are who you are at this point. You can use this as an excuse to give him another year, or you can give him as an excuse and say, "All right, let's let's scrap this shit. Let's start over." Clearly, it is not going in the right direction. Clearly, we need new blood to lead this program. Unless miraculously they win three games in this back half, <laughs> then you fucking keep them. Because if he's able to scrounge together three wins in this back half of this five game schedule for the rest of the year, he has more gusto about him than I think we we would be where we'd be willing to admit. I mean, you are who you are, and you're. As Nick points out, I was right. You were wrong once again, Steve. One twenty-four. Uh, but I mean, I guess you can count this week as a loss if we're being honest. So, I mean, really, one in seven. Um, I just said to to your question, you know, is it just the the timing of it? I guess, and we've talked about. It. I think we talked about it on the podcast last week, and probably the week before, and the week before that. Um, Injuries are a legitimate reason, except he's used all the cachet that that reason could present itself with. Like, yeah, man, it's tough. You're you were down to two running backs. You you you're missing a couple of guys. I think we could legitimately point at the Louisville game. Like, they were trotting out walk-ons at wide receiver at a position where they had maybe the most depth on the team, and understand why the offense looked this bad as it did in that louisville game and i really and looking back on it i don't think they put very much into that game once they found out all these guys were hurt and the bohana was a little banged up i think they were just like let's get out of this game get ready for next week yep that next week was a 41 to 7 at halftime so (laughs) so real tough real tough look for our guys there um Kudos to him for not getting, not you know, pooping the bed um, after a close loss to Cincinnati. They they were competing, they were in it, and I think, you know, I, I could be wrong here, but I really thought they would beat Tulane if Gary stays in the game. I think they beat Tulane. That Tulane could not figure out this offense. USF punted on their it was self inflicted wounds on the fir- their first two drives, and then they went down and scored with ease. And he gets hurt on a first and 10 run after the defense gets a stop. It's an eight yard, nine yard gain. And he, on such an innocuous play, but 
sometimes them's the breaks and Seth, you've kind of pointed out, um, you know, maybe for the folks kind of let us in on what was it? Will Muschamp, his, his what third year at, at Florida, same kind of thing. And yeah, so kind of happened there. Yeah. So he had a really like the big difference or the key difference going into this third season, right. Is Jeff Scott had lost 18 games going into the first, into the third season Will Muschamp had won 18. And he was coming off a season where I think he won 11 or 12. I think he won 11. Um, made the Sugar Bowl, got beat by uh, Teddy Bridgewater, Charlie Strong in Louisville. Um, but the next season, he had, I think he had like four or five guys tear ACLs. I mean, there's guys tearing ACLs in camp. They ended up towards the end of the year with like a third, third or fourth string quarterback. And they went four and eight. Muschamp got the benefit of the doubt because of the previous season and the, uh, winning 11 games. But some people thought that kind of the writing was on the wall then. Next year, he comes out slow. He gets fired in that fourth season. So in my mind, I was – I was uh, the, that parallel got drawn in my head. Third season, really bad injury luck. Um, but then you kind of see, okay, so, you know, I, I always thought, oh, Muschamp, he was a poor guy. He was snake bit. And then you go on, what did he do at South Carolina when he got another shot? He was kind of the same guy. So that's where you, the, uh, you know, you are what you are kind of thing. Uh, that's where you that, that kind of thinking comes into it a little bit. And, you know, there's been a lot of guys out with injuries, but a lot of them have been one game, two game. You've had your quarterback for seven games, right? Are we through seven, right? Or six? Or what are we through, seven or six? seven, right? Yeah, seven. seven. Yes, yeah, so you had your quarterback through seven games. You still only won one of them. So, as you know, as much as you've had guys out, it's not like you've had a ton of guys out for all all every game. You know, you've had most of your team in at one point or the other. Um, I think the issue is right. The offense was you're showing those signs. The defense still is kind of uh, right back where they were last year, and that's going to kind of that might be the killers. You never got that defense figured out. Agreed. I mean, per SP plus uh, metrics, the offense is the 66th ranked offense in the country. That's better than Texas A&M. And that's better than Notre Dame. Now Notre Dame's they've got their own issues, but I don't think you're really putting USF in the category of those two teams, regardless of the season, uh, except the defense is legitimately worse than last season you can chalk it up to injuries um you know they're, they're creating a lot more you know havoc plays this year but they're still getting gashed for large amounts they're uh what second to last in yards per play at seven yards a play charlotte is giving up 7.6 yards per play and they play fiu this week and they're a 17 point favorite i don't think <clears throat> I don't think USF will be favored by 17 over literally anyone in FBS right now. So that's kind of where the state of the program is. And like, it's just, it's a bad beat. You know, sometimes, uh, you know, on Monday I was uh, at work talking to a guy who was in a poker tournament and uh, he pulled up, uh, I think he, I think he had like a pair of Kings or something like that and uh, pulled, pulled the trips and got beat by a flush or something like that, like a straight flush. And she's like, sometimes that's just what happens. You just, you have a halfway decent hand. There's a better one out there and you get beat by it. And that's kind of where this program is uh, for better or worse. And uh, I don't really see him. Like at what point do you, all right, let me get my thoughts out of the COVID brain already. Jeez Louise. Um, yeah, you're doing real good there, Nate. I'm, right. I'm good as to you. Good you're Lord. Good right now. Um, you let him, you know, finish the season, right? You don't fire him. And I saw someone mention in the comments, very short leash. Well, what's the point of keeping him for three or four games if you're just going to fire him, you know, after two or three bad losses? What's What does that do? Now you're – You've now reset for another two years. You know, uh, I think it was Jeremy Foley, uh, former Florida athletic director, who once famously said, what must be done eventually must be done immediately. And we're we're at we're at that point. Uh, It's not going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen in season. 
uh, unless Houston just at right the next game, Houston just absolutely beats the brakes off of them like 63 nothing. I don't see Michael Kelly firing Jeff Scott in season. I just I don't think he's that kind of guy to do that. No. Oh, I would I, assume I it's so got either. a really. Co- I mean, losing is one thing, but I would assume it's got to really come off the rails for something to happen because you do there the you know the the release today was definitely a narrative a, a narrative setter right like all, all of us kind of read it and was like okay they're they're getting that they're laying the groundwork right for and it, it, it is and we've we've said it is true but they're laying the groundwork that all these injuries it's just a cursed season um you know the team was improving just all the two hurt Right, but um, you know, if you just get waxed a few more, like crushed pretty badly, I, I don't know. I think it, you you get to, you know, I I think I've heard. I'm sure it's said a lot. This isn't uh, anything groundbreaking, but you you know, they'd rather you be mad than apathetic, right? Once you're apathetic, then they can't really get you back. At least when you're angry. You have some passion still. You want things to turn around. Uh, but if you if the fan base becomes apathetic and you're trying to fundraise for a new stadium, then that's when it kind of gets to a, a difficult conversation, right? So I think the fan base is mad right now, uh, but there's some people that are gearing towards apathetic, and I think a couple more blowouts would get you there, which that's when you kind of get into a dangerous limbo there. And even with the close losses, at some point you're like, "All right, bro, you're you're playing these guys close. Can you win a one score game for once in your life?" Like now we're <clears throat> there's the, it's it's such a double double edged sword for for him. I mean, I guess really for any coach, like either don't get blown out, but don't keep losing by one touchdown. Don't make it don't make it a game for three quarters, three and a half quarters, two and a half quarters, and then lose it. You know, lose the plot toward the end. There, it's just. There has never, there's never been a happy medium. It, never more evidenced by his one in twenty four record versus FBS teams, and that's that's a tough pill to swallow for literally anyone. And uh, I don't think anyone else survives this. I don't think there's really there, this. Quite frankly, is unprecedented to be this bad record wise and still have a job. And I and I think also on that note, it's I, I would imagine it's unprecedented for someone to be this bad record wise and turn it around. Right. I think, I don't know how far back you'd have to go for somebody to start this way to keep the job. So I'd assume you have to go back a little bit for that part of it and then really turn it around and and become really good after that. I I think the tough part is um, the tough part is that you may have been able to turn around a little bit just offensively and maybe win a couple shootouts but that's kind of gone out the door now right. too. And I, you know, like a Louisville game going into the game where they, Hey, maybe they got a chance to do so. But when your top was the top four receivers are out. Yeah. And your, your uh, quarterback can't do what he did so well the week before. Cause he's hurt a little bit. And that, you know, that's kind of, I think that kind of, you know, carried over and possibly was it his shoulder against Florida as well? Yeah. So is it the same? I don't, they haven't really given a ton of specifics, but is it, I guess it'd be kind of speculated on our part if it's, uh, but it could be the same thing, right? I mean, yeah, Jeff Scott kind of uh, alluded to it. I think it was either last week or the week before, saying the trainer said, you know, he had an out at the Florida game at halftime. Like it was bad enough for him to not play, and he said, "I'm not, not playing this game." So, um, so like, there's some there's some legitimate things with the offense that they did show improvement. Um, you know, where's Jeff Scott if he picks, you know, Trickett when he comes in? You know, uh, now they, they had some personnel issues, but I thought last year they had decent personnel that could have played a little bit better. Um, so, yeah. yeah but it, it's kind of – I think you were hoping the offense could carry you a little bit, and if your defense was healthy, and then maybe they could play a little bit better, mm-hmm. and that gets you a couple wins, but – the way it's gone down, it's like the worst case scenario for that. Uh, your offense was getting better and playing pretty well outside of two games, and now your quarterback's down. We'll see if Marsh can kind of keep them afloat. Uh, but if not, the de- it's not like you can really re- turn and rely on your defense. So right. 
that's where it gets really tough. And I know it's a completely different sport. It's a different league, but so it's kind of apples and oranges a little bit, but you know, Joe Madden with the angels this year, I think there were 12 games over 500 or 13 games over 500 uh, in mid may. They lost, I think 11 or 12 straight and they fired Joe Madden. The angels just straight up fire Joe Madden. And like, if a guy with that kind of stature, that kind of tenure, you know, uh, gets gets you know the can it gets canned for for that you know he's, the guys won the world series and uh not many coaches can survive that sort of thing we kind of discussed it if nick saban lost 12 in a row if he lost six in a row they'd be pushing him out the door yeah. it's he's lost no one, it. right there yeah. no one is immune to this except jeff scott apparently i i, I do think it's kind of different circumstances though by by any stretch of the imagination because when you come into the precedent of what Nick Saban has done and again if he won six in a row at Alabama they'd call for his head one way or another they'd they'd get him out the door because that's the standard at Alabama but when Jeff Scott got hired it was kind of a different circumstance and that's why I kind of get tired of when people say oh we we kept Charlie Strong for you know we got rid of Charlie Strong for much less than or much less or much more um, whatever the phrase is, but you have to remember when Charlie strong took over the USF football team and, and hit, the expectation was you're going to take us to the next level to win a conference championship. And you, we are giving you the keys to this Ferrari and here you go. And then Charlie strong took it and drove it off a fucking cliff, which is what drove everyone off the edge anyways, is because the narrative when, you know, Charlie strong, during his last couple of games there was, Oh my God, how could you have fallen so far from our graces? We had you set up for everything. All you had to do was do X, Y, and Z. And you weren't doing that. This is a little different though, because because of those, you know, imperfection things that Charlie strong did very toxic environment around the football program. You kind of needed Jeff Scott to come in here to to do multiple things aside from just winning football games. You had to you had to get the guy to come in here to you know fix the program's culture and and inject it with new life and new blood and 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 a, and a sense of buy in because when you have Nick Roberts walking off the fucking field at halftime because he got embarrassed by a Tulsa defensive back, like that's pre existing. That's that shit that you know you can't fix with a guy. But on the other side of things, when you have a guy like Gary Buchanan, who's very clearly hurt during that Florida game, has an out, and, and the trainer's saying, hey, he may not need to play the second half, but he's saying, I want to play the second half. I want to win this game. I, I know we're tired of the culture thing. The culture thing is is down and, and, and dead, but at the same time, that's why Jeff Scott was brought in on top of trying to win football games. The culture is what it is right now, but winning football games is not there, and that's the issue now, is that we got you he got us 50% off the ground with this culture shit. But then when you try to go start that engine and say, all right, let's go, let's go take this thing in uh, for a test drive. You can't fucking do it. And that's why it's so frustrating is because transmission dropped before they even. Yeah. You, you, you're missing, it's, there's you're missing fire. the steering wheel. There's fire everywhere. And well, that's, well, that's, I guess where it's frustrating at. Yeah. Well, if this isn't like it was on, you know, we didn't see it come. Not this the the length of the uh, the uh, winning recession. Uh, hold on, we sorry. saw that. I'm, I am hold on, time out. I'm sorry, I'm cutting this off. I am not vouching for Scott. You can go fuck yourself if you think I'm vouching for Scott with that statement. I'm vouching that these are two different circumstances. All right, I'm gonna. I'm I'm sorry, Seth. I have been calling for Jeff Scott's head for the past four weeks. All right. I was calling for Jeff Scott's head at the fucking halftime of the ECU game. I was calling for his head after the Howard game. What kind of fucking bullshit are you talking about that I'm vouching for Jeff Scott? Tell me, Ronnie. Tell me. Tell me where I'm saying I'm vouching for Jeff Scott. Please. Please. Please, please, please tell me where I'm vouching for him. Yeah. So uh, we oh said we when, when it was when it was. And if you remember back to when Charlie Strong was on the precipice of getting fired. Uh, I said, I don't know if others agreed or not, but I said the team's going to be worse next year. Your your best chance of having a good season next year is to keep Charlie Strong another year. And everyone wanted to fire Charlie Strong. He got fired. 
so we kind of had a we had an inkling that the next season would be tough just because uh now the the obviously the COVID stuff made it harder. But I didn't think it would last for three years, you know. I, I thought that first season would be tough. A guy would catch his bearings, then kind of figure it out. But it's it's lasted uh, much longer than anticipated. And we've kind of talked about it amongst ourselves, like Charlie Strong's terrible last season. He won four games with a quarterback that's not playing college football anymore. I don't think like he's not he's not actually playing for anybody. I don't believe. It's not like he had, you know a Bohan in there and they won four games. So, and that was a fireable offense. I just, I was really hoping to go on. Like, is it, is it the injury to, to Gary and kind of what that means to the season as really who cares for the, for the last five games? Like, it doesn't really matter at this point. Like if, if we had gotten word or they had stayed silent until Wednesday of next week, would we, would we be having this conversation tonight, October 18th, or would we be having this conversation next week or, you know, Saturday after they announced, you know, he didn't, uh, he didn't travel to Houston or something like that. I think it's probably the combination of the, the way that this all unfolded really it's you know if we're going to be honest with with how usf operates and how they would do things they wouldn't if they were going to make the move on jeff scott they wouldn't do it on a sunday because the the team is off the i think most of the athletics program is not at the office so it they would have announced, come on they, would have, they would have announced it on sunday that's I, like all coaching yeah. fires will get announced on sundays they don't right leave. So if you True. make it, if you make it like twelve oh one a.m. Monday morning, you're you're probably safe. That yeah, at least for that week, right? But I, I think everyone kind of sits on edge, especially on like the Tuesdays of of you know Jeff Scott's tenure of having the media availability and all that stuff. You know, you, you kind of sit on edge on Tuesdays because is Jeff Scott's going to say something fucking stupid in the podium, or is he going to you know tell us good news, or, or what is it? And so I, I think it's the combination of, okay, you know, we didn't get a presser today because they're on a bye week and for whatever other reason they didn't. Um, and then you're kind of like, oh, okay. You know, we get a 345 news dump that Gary Bohannon's out for the year. And you're like, oh, that kind of sucks. But also we haven't really discussed injuries ever, Jeff. Like you kind of will bring up a, a, a few guys that have gotten hurt here and there, you know, oh, this person got dinged up. Oh, this person's dealing with a lingering thing but we've never really gotten a, a full injury crux of, of the, of the present of saying, okay, yeah, these guys are out. This guy's hurt. This guy's hurt. These, these all like did the I, fact that you did this all in one dump. Did I miss a release that a Joe, a Joe is out for the season? No, that was also news. That was yeah. all. Well, that was in the tweet. Well, <clears throat> I mean, it was news to probably the general public. Yeah. So, uh byron brown you can play any four games uh as long as you don't exceed four games you can still get your red shirt so you can play in any four so let's say byron brown does not play at all the next game he could start the last four games of the year and still maintain his red shirt he couldn't start a potential bowl game though so that would burn it (laughs) i think yeah this is important i don't know if that was a covid cough or you make me choke on my own spit um, this I mean, is all they, in a downhill, I think. I mean, you want to talk about a, what the you, curse, the hex, the football gods not letting this is this is what you get. The football gods want football shown on TV That's in right. any capacity whatsoever. You spit in their face, and this is what happens. That's right. Steve may walk off the show. <laughs> I'm getting there. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. It all oh, comes man. back to the one decision. You know, it's um, you know, the the this season is unfortunate the way it's kind of played out. Obviously, not just the wins and losses, but the injuries and things like that. But it is, you know, if it was like we said, if it was year two or if they had a couple good years behind it, uh, then you'd have a shot, you know, um, with the fan base. I don't, the the it's too far gone at this point. You've said it, and all the excuses have kind of been exhausted. Um, and we're not really, 
and we're not even uh we still got quite a few games left so it'll be a fun finish to the season i'm sure for whom i don't know is there anything that can happen the rest of the season that would change anyone's mind went out chat went out prove prove us wrong it's like a major league. <clears throat> prove us wrong. Prove prove to us that you're actually a good coach. Do something. So show a pulse. I mean, beat, honestly, beat UCF. Uh, so if you lose the rest of the games to beat UCF, is that is that meaningful? That, that, that's funny. That'd be the that'd be the funniest outcome. That's like last year men's basketball beating UCF out of literally nowhere and being at the rest of the season. Like, yeah. that's really what it is. There's a lot of, uh, if they beat UCF, a lot of people would be excited. Beat Tulsa Temple, Central Florida. That gets you to four. So what's the magic number, chat, that if they get to that number of wins, four? Do you do you relax a little bit? Do you back off? Or is there no, is there no number? I mean, I said at the start of the season, uh, the the preseason preview, the the roundtable, four is the absolute basement. Anything less than that, and we have a conversation, and we are trending dangerously close to the capital T, capital C, the conversation. <laughs> yeah, it, it seems like we're barreling towards the conversation, like a runaway freight train. Yeah, it's. It's, we're we're on the autobahn right now. Steve, what about yeah. you? What do you what do you what do you want to see? Last five games that could possibly change your mind. Nothing. No. Oh, you're Audi. You are Audi five thousand, huh? Uh, apparently, I'm not. Apparently, I'm vouching for Scott for Coach Scott here uh, by explaining that we hired, uh, you know, Charlie Strong and, and Jeff Scott for different situations. Um, you know, my bad guys. Uh, no, there, there is nothing because, um, uh, unfortunately, that's kind of the nature of where you've got the current program. Um, you know, it's it's again, whether you can hand or whether these things were in Jeff Scott's control or whether it, it isn't, um, you know, I, I think that you can be admirable in your last four games here. I we're all saying, you know, beating UCF and you guys are already talking yourself into it. Stop it. It's not going to happen. It is not going to happen. <laughs> Just go ahead. I know, I know, I know, I know you guys all think, you know, some premonition that last year's, you know, good showing against, uh, you know, a, a pretty shitty uh, quarterback in that couldn't really do much. And all of a sudden now, you know, now that John Reese Plumley is hitting his stride, now he's going to struggle against this defense that's giving up like 500 yards a game. Fuck off. Uh, that's not <laughs> happening. Um, it, I mean, like, really, you can be admirable in these last five games, though. And I, I'll give I'll give it that. You know, you can go out with your tail not between your legs. And I think that'd be a positive thing that can probably put this program in at least a better stance with the fans. Um, a lot of the times, you know, in these kind of dire situations, you, you kind of have to go balls to the wall. You know, you you can't at this point in Jeff Scott's tenure, you have nothing else to lose. You need to pull out all the stops. You need to work with Trickett to, to get, you know, whatever plays need to get called and, you know, do some trick plays, have some fun with it. We know that they're there and they haven't brought them out yet. So now's the best time to do it. But like at the same time, it, it, this this fan base is so far gone at this point. And it's a shame because last uh, on Saturday against Tulane, I know it's homecoming. There was a phenomenal turnout. There and was. I think that's I, I think that's something that needs to be said about the current state of the program is that, yes, things are bad. And and we can point to every single bad thing that has happened over the past uh, six years, really. You know, I, I think Willie Taggart leaving was kind of the, the first nail into the coffin at some point. But when you start looking at everything else that's happened, there is still uh, plenty of support that comes around this program. There's plenty of support in the area. There's plenty of support by the fans. They're hungry for this team to start doing well. And, and the fact that... You know, as of yet, because of course, you know, there's still two more home games, and one of them is probably going to be really, really, really well attended by another team. Um, I, I think it's admirable SMU. that you're, you're, yes, exactly, all, all 2,000 of their 
Employee, <laughs> their, uh, Pony Express is coming. Yeah, the Pony Express shows up. But I, I do think it is to a point where you can kind of say, you know, th- the fans do deserve better because the fans are showing up. You know, season tickets were were in a good state this year. You know, the, there is support around the program. There is support around athletics. There's a lot of positive things that are happening around athletics. At this point, let's start winning fucking football games. Like we we preach it. it it's on the fucking wall in the locker room that best is the standard. Let's let's and and the fans have putting money where the mouth is because it, it worked. You got more people to you know you got more season ticket renewals and new season ticket members this year than you have in years past. You know I think at this point the fans are saying best of the standard. Let's start getting the fucking program to do that. Let's let's start getting a guy to win the games. Michael Kelly's introductory press conference. If you're going to keep score, you might as well win. Well, shit, boy, do something. I, I got another hypothetical for you guys. Love it. What is the feeling here if Bohannon does not get hurt and they win the game last week? Is that enough to make you feel better? Or is it still all this stuff back here, right? Is, uh, it still, is it still the same? So they beat Tulane with Gary State. Yeah, let's healthy. say Gary State's healthy. They beat Tulane, and they go into the bye week, bro. It's it's a complete. It's it's so completely different because it if one you, you beat a legitimately good team. Mm-hmm. You're not beating Temple. You finally win a game, and you show that you're moving in the right direction. I think we we kind of touched on it. The offense has showed up. They've shown up damn near every single week. And if you're if you're stopping that two-lane offense, that means the defense must have showed up. They didn't, and you saw what happened. You know, USF ties the game at 17 apiece. Uh, you know, after the offense stalls out at the one on a on a false start by you know backup uh, right tackle, um, and they have to settle for the field goal to, to tie it in the third quarter. If they score a touchdown, does it change things and maybe puts a little bit of pressure on Tulane? Maybe, but. Their what was it? The first play of their very next possession was seventy five yards to the house. So you really deflate the, this entire team and uh, the, the fan base. You know they were they were hyped, man. I was I was in the stands. I was in that the Hall of Fame club, man. I was hyped. It was a fun game. I had one of the um, workers, uh, you know the I don't know waiters, I guess, in the, the Hall of Fame club. I was like, oh wow, you're like you're like a legitimate fan, huh? You like you really care and. Uh, yeah, I do. It's you know I've been going to games since I was like eight or nine years old, ten years old. It's it's in my blood and it's uh, it's frustrating and um, I think that's why I kind of hate you know. I mean we we feed into it like the hate block thing, but I promise you, no one wants this program, this university to succeed more than I do. Like it is my lifeblood. I hate being the butt of every single joke when I'm in conversation with anyone uh, about this team. It sucks. Like you can only say, well, women's basketball is good. So many times before people are like, dude, shut up. No, no one legitimately cares about women's basketball except for you because you're bad at everything else that matters. So the, so Bohannon injury, cause right. I think we all feel like they had a chance in the game. If Bohannon does not get hurt, that's kind of literally the straw that broke the camel's back, right? That's kind of the last. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. 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 And, and that's the thing that sucked about it was that like, I, I mean, Fuck me, right? I'm sitting there nine beers in deep at the fucking game and enjoying enjoying the time with my friends. And someone uh, someone had asked me, because of course I'm nine beers in, so I'm gonna give the most candid fucking answer they possibly can. Someone was like, Oh, do you know the extent of Gary's injury? And I was like, uh, oh, they probably just sent him in at halftime because you know, there's like what, um three minutes left in the half. Right? There wasn't yeah, a ton of ish. time left. You if if you're gonna you know, send a guy to the locker. You, you might as well have done at that point, you know, maybe just kind of escape out of the, the first half um, in a game that you were uh, a double digit dog in. And so I was like, ah, they probably just sent him in at halftime. He's going to be fine. And then we were discussing today. And, and then of course he was out. Um, and then we were discussing earlier today uh, with a small group um, about the, the spread for the Houston game and what it looks like and everything. And I had mentioned just in in slight passing, I was like, I had heard a little bit that Gary might might have been fine, and that you know they were just kind of keeping him out, um, you know, in the second <laughs> half because of the X rays and everything. 
And then I shit you not. Hold on. I want to. I want to get this two, down. Uh, I was two, two oh nine. Two oh nine is when you I said this. According to Gary, should be good to go for the Houston game, right? And, and I have pretty all right sources. People come to me for shit, and I get it. Literally two ten. Not even one full minute had eclipsed yet. USF football sends out that tweet. <laughs> and I was like, fuck me, really? Like, <laughs> and even I I dwelled on like I had that I had the message sent or I had the message kind of like sitting in my uh in my thing at like 207. I was like, I don't really want to say this because I don't know for certain. I didn't fact check it twice, <laughs> you know, our normal things and everything. But I was like, you know what, I'll let it rip. It's it's amongst friends and everything like that. Um and I, I deserve to get roasted. Oh, man, it was uh, because it, I did. It was the highlight did, of our afternoon. If we're going to be completely honest, I saw I did exactly. And I laughed <laughs> and I laughed and I laughed. I did exactly what Nate. I did exactly what you told me not to do. And that's not to, not to double check something as crucial as, as that. Um, you, did you tweet it out? No, I didn't tweet it out. I you just sent it to us. Oh, good, good, good. You're fine. I mean, this this is where we bounce ideas off of each other. You know, that's what yeah. Slack's for. To, you know, hey, I'm hearing this. Can we get it sourced some some other ways? And uh, USF sourced source- <laughs> USF sourced it a different way, and that's they, okay. They, they heard they heard me talking, and they were like, they they you know <laughs> something different. Um, a literal yeah, a literal minute. To- literal i don't even think it was minute. i think it, was it like could have been like 10 seconds yeah we don't know where on the 209 that was <laughs> and that's probably a scheduled tweet so that thing went out at 210 on the dot oh my gosh that is the funniest thing um let's see what is it does so does this confirm gary is back next season um i don't think he's proven enough to beat nfl yeah. draft eligible so uh why not it's too late for he's too far out for a medical red shirt, isn't he? Yeah, that would have been that have been long gone. All right, unless you get like a wave. I, I don't even think that there's a waiver that's available at this point, actually. Yeah. So, well, I mean, yeah, I, I don't know he, if he. Well, the thing is with Gary, he might as well. Like I, I know, I know everyone kind of. Uh, he's the, got a the, COVID year, right? Right. You yeah, he'll be. He'll be he has year. he has one year left after the season. So I, I know the the big scary, and this is kind of getting off the rails. I'm sorry, I drank a little bit before this podcast. Uh, <laughs> Running theme, I see. Let, let it let it run. Um, this is actually yeah. an intervention, not a podcast. <laughs> Get it? Um, but I, I think the looming, overarching question that I think everyone is going to have going forward now is what is this going to affect portal wise out? and things that are being heard and said and everything like that. We have to remember that the portal is the portal giveth and the portal taketh away and jumping in the portal doesn't always solve all of your problems. And so for a guy like Gary, it it may, it may make sense for him to, you know, explore another greener pasture at that point and apply for a waiver. Um, He already had grad transferred out of, out of Baylor. So that's kind of a difficult situation to get another waiver to get, you know, that approved. But at this point, you know, for some of these guys, you kind of already have your starting job solidified at a Division One school. Yes, you can go to another school that might be up and compete. But as we've seen, a lot of the guys that transferred out of USF in years past probably go to not so great situations and then they don't really get as much playing time. I think the only exception is like Chris Oldokin and Bentley Sanders. So Bentley you know, Sanders, really, like he transferred from – uh, he transferred from like a really bad school to like a bad school, but he, I think he still leads the nation in interception. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Right. Like yeah, Nevada so, lost I mean, to someone horrific like two weeks ago. Yeah. They're not it could have been. He still has like five. <laughs> he, he might as well. But yeah, I mean, the, the thing is like the, the portal and how, you know, the, the roster is managed and all that stuff. I mean, it, we won't know until we know, but for the most part, if you could, <laughs> you're going to have to fix it one way or another. You're going to have to get scholarship mm-hmm. guys one way or another. You know, if they leave, they leave, and they say they yeah. say. Yeah, I'm I'm seeing a couple of things about uh, Timmy. Um, Jeff Scott said after Gary was announced as QB one that he kind of knew whoever won the job, whoever lost it, would more than likely transfer out. So he's anticipating this, 
and this is uh, i'll pose the question for you guys um they they saddled their horses to a guy who may or may not be made of glass or a, a really hard plastic that bends quite often and badly um was it more of it was it an overplay and frankly I'll, I'll put this out here before you guys answer i don't think timmy keeps the florida game close at all at all i don't think he keeps the cincinnati game that close at all um it, it, a little bit more exciting but i i don't I don't trust that he his decision making had gotten better since he was coming out of spring practice in a QB competition with now QB, your new QB one who was QB three during fall camp. Yeah, I thought I, I kind of thought this all along that them taking Bohannon to me signaled as soon as you take Bohannon, right? We were all like, okay, they're taking him to start. They're not taking him to come in and, and sit behind Timmy. So. The fact that you take Bohannon to me signals that you feel pretty good about your other quarterbacks, and especially your younger quarterbacks. Like to to me, it signaled they felt pretty good about Byron Brown, and Byron Brown was one of these guys. You know, grit score, as you know, I think it's turned into quite a joke now because the season's so bad. But um, he was one of those guys that was up near the top as a as a freshman coming in early. Uh, that's pretty tough to do as a quarterback freshman to be kind of a workout leader. That's not um, that's not super common. So, and I, I thought that that was kind of the reason they took Bohannon. They thought they could upgrade, which I think they did. Um, and then they felt pretty good about their young young guys. They they brought in two freshmen last year that I think are both pretty good players. So it, it's not like you know you were you were coming in and replacing a guy that played out of his mind. I think uh, has already eclipsed some of his numbers from last year, even in the seven games. So, you know, I, I, I think it was the right decision. I think it increases your ceiling a little bit to take uh, Bohannon and to kind of pick him as the starter. But, uh, you know, it wasn't like, yeah, it wasn't like Timmy kind of lit up the spring game or anything. He was, threw a pick in the spring game, wasn't exactly killing it in that setting. So, uh, hard, hard agree. Uh, Steve, what about yourself? I, I'm gonna no comment on this. I, 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 in in lieu of what my, yeah, I passed. Sorry, I, I have too <laughs> many, I have too many negative things to say in that situation. And it, it's not rightfully. Oh, now you're going to hold your tongue. I'm, I'm going to hold my tongue on this just because I. I mean, I'll fucking say it if I'm. I think. That, I mean, no, I one's think ma- no one's making you. I'm just saying you're a coward. No. I yeah. think the dur- I think the durability <laughs> concern is obviously, but you know, I think you have to look at it like if I get a full healthy season out of both these guys, who's better? You don't. You don't really want to. All right. Well, you know, he might get hurt anybody might get hurt it's football man this is not that that stuff happens out in the guys that have no injury history go out and blow out their acls and never play again and that just happens so i don't think you can go into season being like i don't know if this guy gets hurt you know you, you got to think all right what are we going to look like if each guy is healthy and at their best who gives us the best chance i think it was pretty clear gary yeah. gary was right. the right an- the right answer yeah. uh perfectly healthy in a vacuum and when I want to build my roster, I want guys that are mentally tough and prepared for adversity because, by God, you're going to face some. And I'll, I'll, by God, I'll end it at that because you can allude to whatever I'm going to say after that, but. I hear you. I hear you, man. And it's it's tough. And <clears throat> I think the frustrating part is offensive line, even with you know Donovan Jennings out, not terrible. No, Demetrius Harris. Demetrius Harris playing on one foot. Brad Cecil dealing with an uh, abdominal strain. You know, Dustin Hall had to slide over. Uh, Mike Lofton looked pretty good. Daryl Bailey's looked okay. And you're losing a bunch of those guys. You're kind of wasting a pretty 
pretty awesome and spectacular Xavier Weaver season. Brian Batiste been a rev- uh, revelation at running back. Um, That's the one thing on the injuries. Like you've gotten some blessings in disguise on a couple of right, right? Like <laughs> running back injuries. You've gotten Batiste more carries. He's one of your best players in offense. Uh, that, uh, would that have been revealed if he had to split the carries with all these guys, right? So, you know, that's like a, almost a not they're not positive, but yeah, it's not like all of the injury stuff is totally ruined. That was kind of a revelation. And you know, Kelly Joyner comes back, and it was like the Chris Rock, Rock bit of grand opening, grand closing. Uh, and <laughs> as we, I, I mean, not don't want to pivot, but quick fantasy football update uh, for those still scoring at home. Uh, best of the rest won. Uh, won the week. They had a fantastic week. Um, who was it? Tremel Logan at the three sacks. Jason Vaughn. Jason Vaughn. Jason Vaughn. <laughs> what a sorry. What a bright spot on the defense right now is Jason Vaughn. He's played very well. The last he's three playing weeks. extremely well. Yeah, very nice job by him. Uh, Devon Hicks has been pretty pretty spectacular as well. He recorded nine tackles. He had that big fourth and one stop at Cincinnati. Uh, I guess now two weeks ago. Um, good job by him. Uh, yeah, so best of the rest one. Seth came in second. I came in third. Steak uh, came came in fourth uh, with twenty seven. I was, just want to say that this is uh, one of the Kelly Joyner got his first action for me all year, and he actually had his worst fantasy output <laughs> of the entire season. His fumble cost me points. I had negative points <laughs> where I'd gotten oh, zero from that stuff. position all year. And I do want to make a slight uh, addendum to mine. I totally forgot Brian Petit had a tackle. So instead of 33.3 points, I should have 34.3 points since every tackle is a point. Mm-hmm. I just want to make that, you know, crystal clear here that uh yeah, just Brian Petit yeah, is really doing it, really doing it all for the team. Listen, they, there's a couple of these guys might have to play both ways before the end of the year if these injuries keep up. So we might get a Jordan Smith revival at defensive back and quarterback. <laughs> Let's go. Stieg is playing the long game here, boys. The oh, last man. the last four weeks of the season, he's going to rise like a phoenix. What's incredible <laughs> is even if USF wins games the rest of the year, none of us will get any points. Like For quarterback, none. Yeah, like we, we had one. I think we had one game where, it, obviously, I. Uh, no, I don't even think it counted because it was the FCS game. No, it counted. Yeah. He just didn't throw a touchdown. Mm, maybe that was it. Yeah. And I think I still lost that week. Best of the rest won that week. Oy vey. You know, and I'm not in, in, in kind of switching, not really switching gears. I'm surprised at, uh, and this is more of a testament to how well uh, some other teams are, are performing on special teams. I'm surprised we have gotten absolutely nothing on special teams this year, aside from the Jimmy Horn um, kickoff return and garbage time against BYU. I mean, I, not that my my drunken analytics uh, go too far or anything like that, but watching Tulane do kickoffs against Batia and Jimmy Horn, I was like, dear God, like, I mean, not not that you know the 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 chip has gone stale or anything like that, but some teams are really really spending a lot of time game planning. Uh, you know those special team scores that could at, could have at some point made a difference for this USF team, especially against yeah. you know, Cincinnati or Florida. You know, a, a lot of teams are taking extra precaution at that point because, especially with uh, with with two very speedy guys back there, that could uh. They could spell some doom I, and, I think there's been a couple of bad luck plays on special teams calls. Like, uh, I think it was either last week or maybe even Tulane, um, where they like coffin cornered it to Batie, like on the near sideline, but the return was set up to the far side. So he had to cut across the field, like the blocking was set up to the far side. So stuff like that. And I think he got stopped at like the 10 or 15 yard lines, things like that. They, They've really game planned for it. They still have a pretty – I think they have a top 50 uh, special teams per SB+. Plus. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, again, we we said it in the preseason. We said it all offseason. If instead of just being atrocious, they were just bad on defense, this team wins like five or six games. And it, it's really kind of bearing out here. Unlucky. Yeah. But Un- – um, should I start my list or because we're at like yes. 55 minutes? Yeah. So we're going to wrap up here soon because I want to get to bed and get some sleep, maybe play a little Xbox. I don't know. 
I haven't decided yet. Um, here's <laughs> that's true, Larry. There have been lots of kickoff return opportunities. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. At some point, I mean, God, God bless. I've, how many did BYU have? Uh, seven kickoffs, <laughs> right? My math, right? Um, uh, yeah, I think so. Wasn't there yeah, a safety seven, in there? Yeah, there was. So punt or no? Was it a safety? I don't know. The season's a blur. The season doesn't yeah. count. Um, but yeah, yeah, like seven kickoffs. So, yeah, I think seven. Only one well, technically yeah, eight with the the opening kickoff of the second half. So technically eight. You're right. Yeah. So yeah, I'd love to see a few more special team scores for the rest of the year, and that'll be my uh, saving grace at this point. Um, yeah. So Steve, you so, have a list of all the injured players. Is that I was going to do the other about? list. <laughs> oh Lord! What, what's the other? Um, oh no! I'll do I'll do the list of of uh, <laughs> players who I have uh, players that I have noted that have missed what I would consider to be extensive playing time, um, which is basically most of these guys have missed at least a game. Most of them have missed two games. Uh, there's um, one person on this list that has missed a half, and uh, I'll let you guess who it is. <clears throat> And uh, credit to uh, USF alumni uh, recruiting news for uh, getting this uh, list put together. We have Jaron Makeup, Mikey Dukes, Kelly Joyner, Christian, or uh, excuse me, uh, Choffrey Brown, Xavier Weaver, Jimmy Horn, Quan Stanley, Joe Joe, Brad Cecil, Donovan Jennings, uh, Jeremy Blanchard, Dustin Hall, Rashawn Yates, Rashad Chaney, Dwayne Boyles, Antonio Greer, Brian Norris, uh, Demetrius Harris, Jalen Schuler, uh, Christian Williams. Mike or the the Daquan Evans, Mikhail Point, uh, Matthew Hill, Ray Thornton, Will Jones, Andrew Stokes, uh, Gary Bohannon, Jonathan Ross, and I'm missing two on this list, and I can't think of who it is. But yeah, it's a long list. I'd I'd Alex to the list. Yeah, I yeah we're all hurting at this point. Um, yeah, the, the whole Jonathan Ross dropping a weight on his finger and missing the game. I mean, that was good lord. I, and I, I told y'all last night when we were uh recording Seth's show, you guys should check out Next Level. Um on when, tomorrow night on VSN Suncoast. There it is. Um I I I posed the question to Jeff Scott at the after the game. I was like, you know, kind of leading into the Gary injury, and he was like <laughs> Let me let me top this. And when he told the story about Jonathan Ross getting a pregame workout in, dropping a weight on his fingers and breaking his hand, like it took everything out of me. Like it, I could have busted out laughing right there on the spot. Like, yeah, oh, uh, it was so ridiculous. It was. It's the funniest thing I've ever heard, given the context of the rest of the season. It's just it's the so next funny thing that's happened. Uh, I had Latrell Williams and TJ Robinson. Latrell Williams has been a bust for me fantasy wise. Let's be, that's been unfortunate. Don't even get started on a fantasy bus here <laughs> and the and the lies in the preseason. Uh, who are you talking about? Oh, Steve, you you also missed uh, Will Jones. I think he he's missed some time. Oh, no, I, I thought I said Will Jones. Did, Did you I say Will Jones? Oh, maybe. He's he's on this list that I have. It's just I only have it by I have it very weirdly ordered, and I was trying to do it in an actual uh, playing order, and I couldn't do it. Um, but yeah, I, I'm going on Sports Reference. Like, there's very few guys that have played all seven games, and some of those guys are like primary special teamers, um, which is concerning, <laughs> one way or another. Um, yep. Yeah, there's there's a lot of like fours and fives in the games played category, which does not bode well for. Um, yeah, for a lot of things, but hey, maybe uh, maybe some of these guys will come back from injury this week. That'd be nice. Sure, get them nice um, again. Yeah, absolutely. Let's wrap up the show, Steve. You have a list of things that will be good for your health instead of maybe watching USF football. Take it away, and we'll end or it, it. It is a bye week, you know. It may be experiment on the bye week, and then that's what I'm saying here. That's why I wanted to provide at least something positive that everyone can take in, uh, you know, for this week. Um, so I have this list of, uh, just good thing, good, healthy habits to do with your free time. Um, you know, your free time is whatever time you want it to be, by the way, it, it can be at noon on a Saturday. 
It can be, you know, on a Friday on night, a Saturday, three thirty, maybe even a four o'clock, maybe even a Saturday night. You know, I just I, I want everyone to be able to find healthy habits. Um, you can uh, you can learn to cook. Uh, learning to cook. I know we were all in quarantine and everything, and a lot of us had to fend for ourselves. But hey, experiment with some uh, new dishes. Um, you know, eating eating food and, and trying to eat more plants. You know, that's always uh, good for you, especially with the uh, you know global warming and shit like that. Um, listen to your body. Uh, do some meditating. Figure out where you're getting some aches, some pains, some some issues here and there. Uh, make sure that you're uh, you're you're getting a good. 10 minutes of yoga where you could just sit and be in your own, your own body. Um, keeping your fridge well stocked. This is an underrated thing. You know, mentally it, it takes a lot out of you when, when after a long day, you just open the fridge doors and then all of a sudden you look and your fridge is empty and you're like, fuck, um, you know, nothing to eat. Shit sucks. Keep your fridge well stocked, you know, go on a, go on Tuesdays. If you're going to go grocery shopping, um, Tuesdays are typically like the better days. They're less busy. Uh, but I can also recommend doing it on Saturdays, especially in the afternoon. A lot of people uh, do other things. Uh, don't know why they would do that. Um, let's see. Uh, limit the amount of sugar that you have. That's another one when it comes to eating. Uh, develop a good exercise routine. Ooh, go on walks. Ooh. Hot boy walk. Hot boy walk fall, y'all. Let's let's get uh, let's get some good things going. Uh, Heath, phenomenal. Pet dogs. Dogs are good. Dogs are really good. They're, they're good for the soul. You know, brush your teeth, comb your hair, you know, do, do the things you should be doing for yourself. Take care of yourself, man. What about play, play Xbox, play Xbox. Go. Play Xbox. Uh, so we're kind of quarantining at the house tomorrow. Um, the kids and I, uh, Samantha's tested positive. Brody tested positive. Uh, surprisingly enough, Olivia has not tested positive. We're going to keep her She's home from built school. Different. Built different. Uh, the thing that sucks for her is she bought a, a this little sweater that she wanted to wear to school. And she oh. now she can't. So she's really upset about that because it's going to be nice and cool tomorrow. So we're going to go. We, we have our Halloween decorations set up outside. We're going to go have a picnic outside in our front yard. We're just those sort of things. Do that. Read a nice book. Read a magazine. Um, rewatch the Harry Potter series. Um, you know, if Ooh. you catch up on the the new Lord of the Rings show, if you like that. Mm. There's a phenomenal TV show that we can all get behind. There's a lot. There's there's 43 seasons of it. Does it have a lot of intrigue? There's a lot of intrigue. There's a lot. What of if I'm looking? Media. What if I'm looking for something to fill? a void in my heart for competition. Ooh, ooh, let me tell you something. There's a there's a TV show for you, Seth. It's called Big Brother. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> is Julie Chen still up in there? I think she is. I think so. Yeah. I could never get into Big Brother. I'm more of a yeah. amazing race guy. Yeah, amazing yeah. race. I love yeah. I love me some Phil uh, Big Iron Chef guy over here. Master Ooh. Chef. Yeah. The floor. Have you guys? Have you guys? Floors lava. Have you guys checked that out? We've watched floors lava. I've Ooh. started. I've watched like the first like twenty five minutes of the Redeem Team uh, Netflix doc. Oh, I, so I haven't started that. It looks good. hopefully uh, get a little bit deeper into that. I watched the uh, Nolan Ryan doc on Netflix. It was pretty good. Okay, very he nice. Was throwing gas uh, as always. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Uh, we've got Candyland. You could play a board game. <clears throat> Scrabble, Pictionary, Monopoly, because why not? Why, you know, if you want to play, if you want to feel the anger and frustration of USF football without having to go to a stadium, play Monopoly with your friends. Who, who doesn't love a good rousing game of Monopoly at this point in my, my life? I actually I play. play uh, so you guys know how you guys like to shit it. on me for uh, nothing like getting watching. away. Nothing like getting away from reality, like <laughs> uh, rising mortgage rates and <laughs> rent spikes <laughs> that continually rip money out of your pocket. Going to jail. Ouch! <laughs> that was too close to home. Um, I played Monopoly for the first time like a couple weeks ago. Like ever? Yeah, ever. Oh. I never. Growing up, what the fuck was I going to play Monopoly you, for? I didn't, were you part of like a cult 
or Handmaid's Tale or I just don't I just I don't understand I don't understand. See, was your was really your house don't. a big music house, Steve? Not musical, just music. Like yeah, because this yeah, we is were, movies now. Now we're gonna need board games. We I, we were big music. Uh, in fact, I have my dad has a bunch of records, and you know we we have a lot of uh, we have a lot of uh, commonalities in that sense. Um, so we uh, yeah, yeah my <laughs> my family never had one. I was actually just spawned from the uh, from the government. I've never seen them. So I mean. It's also I've true. Seen, I, I've, I've seen, seen you know what? family. I've seen pictures. Hold on. Do you guys want to see a picture of what my dad looks like? Hold on. See? Pit, see? Another picture. That's him That's him behind you? <laughs> it's over it your left shoulder? Like you. It's just you. <sighs> it's just, I mean, it's basically a spitting image of me. Um, God, there's a picture of my dad with a mustache when he was like in his 20s. I thought it was me. <laughs> I, thought, <laughs> I thought my mom had framed a different picture of me. Listen, Seinfeld's on Netflix. Cheers That's is also all. on. Oh wait, it's on Hulu it's now. A winner. Yeah. So I mean, there's there, there's a bunch of stuff uh, to occupy your time. Um, don't hold yourself uh, to USF football because uh, they will only hurt you and disappoint you. Um, we'll, we'll watch the games for you, so you don't have to. If you don't want to. <laughs> oh, even then, I that's a stretch for me. I'll be honest. Um, but let's oh, get out. Let's get out of here. It's ten o'clock. I'm tired. Um, Appreciate you guys tuning in, listening, uh, reading. Uh, we'll, I don't know. I guess we'll do a film room tomorrow. We'll see we'll how push I we'll, it. We'll probably push <laughs> it to next week. Yeah, we may do that. Um, but for Seth and Stieg, I am Nathan Bond. Thanks for tuning in to another edition of the Bloom Naughty Podcast. Go Bulls. Go Bulls forever. Go Bulls.